0: I'm Rico.
1: And I'm Jessica.
0: And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple friends review the latest movies except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today?
1: Doing quite well. I feel like I had a really busy weekend and I got to see the movie that we are going to talk about today twice <laughs> ah see yes oh, i wish
0: i got a chance to see it twice i can't wait to see it again
1: i saw it again yeah
0: ah man <laughs> so you're gonna be more fresh than i am for sure
1: hopefully <laughs>
0: hopefully uh so before we get started about talking about that movie if this is uh your first time listening go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app we're on apple Podcasts, spotify and many more If you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us.
1: Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Always Critic Pod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's such a great way for you to get involved, ensure your support, and get a bunch of extra content. You can check out the page on patreon.com alwayscriticpod. And shout out to our patrons, Curtis Bales, Cindy CD, Alana, Grace, Lorna Lee, Sammy, and Caitlin. Love you guys
0: thank you so much for being patrons today we are going to talk about a sequel uh probably our most anticipated it was our most anticipated movie of this year
1: yes it was
0: yes it was You're right we're- we both had it at number one most anticipated movie of 2023 and that is spider-man across the spider verse
1: that's right we were supposed to get this movie last year
0: yes we were and we got it pushed back and i'll be honest uh not to spoil my own review, but it was worth the wait. <laughs> so, so the
1: synopsis, I'll give it to you. It's Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero.
0: Now, this movie is directed by a new set of directors for this movie. Uh, we have Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. Kent Powers, I think, is probably the name that most people might recognize because he was a director on Soul from Pixar.
1: Mm. Um,
0: and then the movie was written by uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, the writing team Lord and Miller, along with Dave Callaham. The movie Stars, Um, I'm not going to read all the names because some of them I want to kind of save for later because they might be a little spoilery. But Shamik Moore is back as Miles Morales. So is Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. Uh, Others that are coming back to the movie or to the franchise, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Jake Johnson, Luna Lauren Velez. uh, And we got a host of new (laughs) people uh, in this entire thing. We have... Oscar Isaac, who technically is a return because he was at the very very end, yeah, of the Into post the credits. Yeah, uh, he plays Miguel O'Hara. We have Issa Rae as Jessica Drew. We have Jason Schwartzman as Spot. Daniel Kaluuya as Hobie Brown, aka Spider Punk. Uh, we have Karan Sani as Paviter Praghab. I-, I have a hard time with the last name. I've been trying to practice it, but it it's basically an Indian version of Peter Parker. If you look at it. <laughs> yes if you look at this um he is the voice there uh shay wiggum uh mahershala ali also is back as well there's some other ones that i'm gonna leave off for now just because they might be a little bit spoilery so jessica how did this movie do with box offices and with critics
1: it made a little bit of money made a little chunk of change it's sitting at 120.5 million dollar opening weekend here in the states. Let's go. 208.6 million dollars worldwide since opening Hell worldwide. Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse by comparison, which debuted in 2018, made 34.4 million dollars opening weekend.
0: Yes. That's so
1: like what three times as much more.
0: Almost four times as much. Yeah. 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 It was it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And um, you could see it in the critic and audience score. Ninety-five from critics, ninety-six from audience. And the critics consensus reads just as visually dazzling and Dazzling. <laughs> you couldn't let me just go. No. <laughs> uh, just as visually dazzling and action packed as its predecessor, Spider Man across the Spider-Verse thrills from start to cliffhanger conclusion. Woo! So Jessica what were your thoughts on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse?
1: Bitch, this was like the best movie I've seen all year, okay? Like, I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> I left the theater and I was like, oh my God. The experience was so great. I loved like experiencing it on Thursday night, even though the crowd was really hot. We could talk about that. But I just feel like the characters leap off the screen. I love the art styles that they incorporated into this one and how they took so many chances with just the way that it is animated and the way that the characters are piling on top of each other. They just don't care. Like, they dumbed it down in certain places and then they let it, let it rip in other places. And I feel like they just had such a good handle on the story and the plot and the emotional beats. I felt like the emotional aspects of the movie were tremendous a real tour de force and every performance was a plus plus and i cannot heap enough praise on this movie i thought it was amazing
0: uh so i'm gonna go ahead and second that this is an <laughs> incredible movie i think i immediately put it right at the top of my ranking so far for this year um th- it's just uh right um- above cocaine bear <laughs> yeah exactly it's <laughs> right above cocaine bear uh I think it's a work of art and yes. not just in the literally sense of them, you know, painting and coloring and drawing and all the animation, but also just the technique, the story, uh, the emotional uh, themes
1: mm-hmm. that the
0: movie is able to push through. And it's not as simple as saying, oh, it's an animated movie. It's geared towards kids. There's there's enough in that movie where you're really – it's geared towards an older audience. Yeah. And, you know, there are things that y- you, see the characters come to grips with, you know, loss, it goes beyond. Mourning, yes. It goes beyond uh, coming. Isolation. Beach. Yes, it does. It does. And it does such a great job of tackling all these different themes that the movie is trying to do. The movie is a bit long. I will say that, um, two hours and 20 minutes, a huge, uh, departure from its predecessor which was definitely under two hours uh, and most animation is under two hours so this really pushed the boundaries uh, but I will say that it warranted and it it really um, proved itself in needing the two hour and 20 minute runtime with everything that's happening in this movie it is bombastic it is loud but also constrained somehow like the this it's a multiversal story but you're still grounded and centered around miles like it it doesn't get lost his main story his struggle his how he propels the story how he affects the story and what happens to him somehow the movie is able to keep everything centered around him it it was such a big movie with so many moving pieces Mm -hmm. going around uh i thought it was fantastic uh the, the voice acting is incredible by everyone. Everyone brought their A-game. A I really love Jason Schwartzman as the spot. I, I think, think so did I. That was such a good performance by him. And the way the movie kind of k- treats that character, the way it starts at the beginning, the way it's treated. And then as the movie progresses, it becomes more sinister. Like it's it's a really good performance vocally by Jason Schwartzman. Um, Oscar Isaac is amazing as Miguel O'Hara. Very menacing.
1: I love this character. It is super juicy of a a dude. And I love how we every one of these movies, we get like 50 new origin stories. Yeah, that's true. And they're all treated with like, here's the comic book. And once more, we're going to get into it. Here's so and so. And this is my story. And here's how I became Spider-Man. I... Loved Miguel's intro. I loved his backstory. I love that he is almost like a an amalgamation of all of these really dark anti-hero characters that you find in superhero lore, but also just that archetype, right? Yeah. And just literature. So I really enjoyed his take on it. I loved the vocal for performance. I almost feel like it couldn't have been played by anybody but Oscar Isaac, Mm. which I love that feeling. That's always a good sign, right? That
0: is a good sign. That it almost feels like it was made for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a So I'm sure we can get into more nitty-gritty and spoiler stuff later, but yeah, I agree with you, Oscar Isaac, and that role is 10 out of 10.
0: 10 out of 10. Um, Let's I, talk about
1: Gwen Stacy. How do you feel about Gwen and the direction that they took her character and how she sort of intros a movie?
0: So, uh, one thing I will say is that the movie does rely on Gwen becoming almost like a co-lead of the movie, almost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, The movie is pretty much bookended. Not not to really say too much, but it's kind of bookended by Gwen Stacy. And I think it was a very bold choice because everybody is ready to see what are the adventures of Miles. And the movie doesn't start that way. They, you know, they take you on this other journey. Uh, But... As the movie goes on, you kind of notice, like, you know, it it is necessary to have this because it adds texture to the overall story that Miles is going through, through all these characters are going through. And I really enjoyed it, more so the art style that happened in her world. Yes, It is a – so for those who uh, are in the know comic book-wise – Spider-Gwen, Gwen Gwen Stacy, when she had her comic book run, this was a type of style that they used for her world back in the comics. So this was a nice nod to her uh, art style back in the day when she was first introduced uh, in Spider-Gwen issue number one, like back, trying to remember what time it was, but uh, 2015, 2015. And yeah, I thought it was just beautiful, and and it really triggers emotions in you, like really gets you to feel for the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was exciting to see on screen. And she was a well-formed, well-thought-out character for this movie, and I would say necessary for the movie. Yeah, because I agree. it, it kind of brings our hero. Not to say too much. We, we want to see where their his emotions go with her. Because obviously there is a bit of an attachment. There is a bit of a love lost almost. Because of the way they end. The one that the got Spider away. The one that got away. And how he kind of is just thinking about her all the time. So,
1: But she's also thinking about him.
0: Yes, she is. Ah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I thought that was a wonderfully good choice to have in this movie. Yeah, the whole Spider Gwen sequence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, other th- so let's talk about our experience with the movie real quick, like okay. at the movie theater.
1: So we sat in poor seats. Okay, they were not recliners. <laughs> they did not have any vibrations like the Dolby. They did not have any. Um, heated seats or nothing it was just a regular theater so points taken for that experience and we saw it on a thursday night it was packed up in that theater super packed and it was a hot crowd and it was actually way rowdy in there the people were peopling it was the i mean the fanboys were in mass in the theater they were yes. hollering every time a new Spidey came on the screen. So uh, we missed a lot of dialogue, okay?
0: But there were moments where, like, I was like, what did they just say? Yes. Because they're like uh, hooting and hollering. They were
1: literally hollering.
0: They really were. Yeah. And it, it look, I,
1: I love Thursday night showings. I yes. love early screenings because this is for the, for the fans, the people who are really dedicated and they want to see the movie first, fine. So that also means you should probably be a little more considerate because everyone is there to watch the movie. <laughs> and I actually want to hear, like, this is actually one of those movies where you need to pay attention because yes. they're obviously planting seeds for the sequel and Easter eggs for different things. and. It, absolutely it's for the fans for the comic book fans for people who have seen every freaking iteration of spider-man on tv or on the mo- in the movies that's all fine and dandy but also let's be a little more respectful people because we understand you're <laughs> excited we under we get it i get it okay it's fun i it's, love it but great. at the same time shut the fuck up <laughs> so oh my that's all i gotta say <laughs> that's my psa
0: uh yeah so I will agree with you. There's just way too much, like, there was way too much loud noises coming it, from the same group of people. You can, it was like, the same. Yeah. It was the same group of guys, just, yo, blah, and just, like, really, yeah. really loud. Um, so that's the one thing I will say that kind of took away from the experience. Not that the experience was damaged too much, but still, like, it... There was a difference there. After the
1: first couple of times, we were like, okay.
0: All right, let's settle down. Settle down. Yeah. Seriously.
1: <laughs> also the baby that was literally having a full-on conversation in the middle of the movie.
0: <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> the, guy, I? Right. the
1: guy that was sitting next to us literally shushed the baby so loud. <laughs> An aggressive <laughs> shush. And the baby actually shut up. The toddler did not say another word throughout the entire movie. wow well, I was very uh tickled by that
0: that was pretty wild that <laughs> somebody i thought it was like the dad of that baby. no it
1: was the guy sitting was, next to me
0: that's even wilder <laughs> anyway um so overall good experience you like to be with a hot crowd but sometimes the crowd's a little too hot It was so too hot it was a little too hot it's too
1: hot so then i saw it on sunday yes go ahead almost the crowd was dead wow they were making really good jokes. And me and my sister were giggling at certain parts. And, you know, they, again, we knew how the crowd reacted on Thursday night. So we were expecting some sort of reaction during certain parts of the movie that we knew were coming up. It was like almost nothing.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: I was shocked, too.
0: Yeah, You know what it is? Uh, was it Sunday afternoon?
1: Yeah, it was um, like Sunday at 2.45. Yeah,
0: there... I've been to movies at that time, and and opening weekend of a major movie, and the crowds at that time are kind of subdued. I think it's, people, settling in in the mid afternoon on a weekend. Mm -hmm. They're not like fully rushed to see it opening night, but you know they still want to catch it at the you know opening weekend. So it's a packed theater. I mean, oh, not a doubt. Yeah, not a doubt, but there's this thing of uh, people who catch it there it's they're more relaxed when it comes to watching the movie for sure. it
1: was I think I'm somewhere in the middle
0: I want reactions yes but I don't want it to be like distraction a, yeah I don't want it to be distracting the entire movie mm-hmm. I agree okay uh, something else to uh, mention is uh, the OST
1: bro. I have been listening to this OST nonstop for like three, four days. It is bar none one of the best OSTs I've ever heard.
0: It is really good. It's I've been listening really to good it as well. And I'm
1: just talking about OST like the
0: original soundtrack, original
1: soundtrack, not the score, not
0: the score, which
1: is also amazing. I think yes. you've been listening to the score.
0: I started with the score, and okay. then I moved over to the soundtrack. The sp- and the soundtrack's good, so produced good. by Metro Boomin. Yeah. Um is there Metro! a particular <laughs> Metro. Uh, is there a particular song oh, on God. there that you really liked that really captured your attention? Um, because uh one for me definitely my favorite one I think is Am I Dreaming?
1: I love Am I Dreaming. I love um the track Calling with Calling. Sway Lee. Yes, I love Mona Lisa by Dominic Fike. Annihilate is my favorite one, also with Sony. yeah, Annihilate's fantastic. Annihilate is oh my god, I love that one.
0: So yeah, the OST is fantastic. It is a, it's work it's of feels, art. It's a yeah, work of a art. Work of art. It, it feels <laughs> such a part of the world that it's,
1: it's in inhabiting the DNA.
0: Yeah, it is. It is, and the first one also.
1: Yes, yeah, same was, thing. Remember same Sunflower? Thing? That was a phenomenon.
0: Sunflower was the a phenomenon. Song? Oh, yeah. That was a banger. Bro, bro. That was a banger, bro. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so the music is good. And one last thing I want to touch on is I really felt watching this movie, the sense of pride. Culture. Yes. The culture Representation. is there. Yes.
1: These are some key words, I think.
0: Yes, I was transfixed by the fact that I am seeing a Puerto Rican superhero. Uh-huh. Like, it means so much, you know? Like, I get so excited with the, the as- that aspect of his character mm. that he, he is from, you know, my culture, my heritage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, like, when they start talking in Spanish, it... it it fills me with emotion. And mm-hmm. like and then the his
1: broken Spanish, and you're like, well, shit, Spanish. I'm still yeah. represented. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. And, like, one one big moment for me, and it's a toss-away moment for anyone else, really, but for me, a big one is when he's having the conversation with Stop his it. mom. Stop it. And at the end of the conversation...
1: Bendición.
0: Bendición. Dios te bendiga. Oh! Ah! And I'm just like, man. I'm trying that- not
1: to cry because that was literally how how we grew up, right? Yeah, that's how I grew up, and especially with my grandmother, that was like the thing, like bendición que dios te bendiga before leaving their house to go back to our house or whatever. It was it's so sewn into the fabric of uh, who we are and stuff, as you know. I'm Cuban, Puerto Rican, American, whatever. And then yeah. everybody has a, a, you know, if you're mixed, you kind of feel this way too, that you have some aspects of your life that just bleed into the other. And this felt so authentic.
0: Yes, it did. It right? really did. Uh, and for those, if you don't know what we were saying there uh, with bendición de esta so it's almost like a it's common... A blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing because what you're... Basically, it's a way of saying hello or goodbye right. in 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 a household is when you're about to say goodbye to someone elder in the family, whether it's your mom, your grandmother, someone like that. You say bendición. It's like you asking for a blessing mm-hmm. as you're leaving and then that person responds and says, "God bless you." You mm-hmm. know, so th- it's kind of that type it's of It's very intimate
1: and familial.
0: Yes, very familial because it is something that I experience pretty much on a daily basis with Mm -hmm. my mom, Mm -hmm. Um, and then with family whenever they come over. It's like bendición, Ah, tío, tía, you know. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that little moment. It is so
1: throwaway, like every other like gringo would never think. No, no,
0: no. It's just a throwaway moment, but it's such an ingrained part Mm. of my culture that. I just felt so seen and Mm -hmm. so represented with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a big deal. So I know we could talk a lot outside of spoilers, but I think we should just get into spoilers. Yeah,
1: yeah, let's just go. Let's just go for it.
0: Let's let's just do it. So we're going to go ahead and talk spoilers for Into the Spider-Verse right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see the devil ever pulled,
1: pay no attention to that man behind the curtain was convincing the world
0: you can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? Alright, let's talk spoilers for Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. We already mentioned it earlier that the movie does kick off not with Miles, but it starts with Gwen Stacy. Yep. She's in her world, and obviously, this kind of takes place, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's like a year later, year and 18 months, something like that, after the events of Into the Spider-Verse. And so, Gwen, in her world, she's having issues with her father. Her father is the police captain, and... Obviously, he wants to catch the spider woman and, you know, doesn't know But right, it goes through right his, her bedroom. own
1: origin story before that. She's like, I was bitten by a spider and then I had a friend and, you know, my dad didn't know and whatever.
0: <clears throat> and we get a little more of the backstory of how the friend died. Peter Parker.
1: Peter Parker turned into that lizard dude.
0: Yeah. Peter Parker is kind of a villain in that. In yeah. That, uh, or an under misunderstood villain
1: and he what does he say when he dies he's like i just wanted to be special or something like you
0: yeah that was just Uh, very tough yeah um and so you know we're thrust into that story and the way they use the colors in her world it is
1: all based on emotion
0: yes which i
1: love you know if she's feeling under the weather she's feeling Blue, so to speak, then the colors sort of bleed into that.
0: I heard uh, Ken Powers, the co-director, was on a an, doing an interview and he described it as almost like a mood ring of a world.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's what exactly what it felt like. And in scenes where she's with her dad and she has to reveal herself to her dad, which is a very impactful moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the dad stuff is just like black and white. Yeah. Stark black and white. Very stark. Which almost makes me think his world is black and white, right? And he is having to come to grips with it. And later on, you see some more color bleed into the scenes with just him in it. And the black and white sort of indicate, you know, kind of morph into gray, which is how the world should be seen in shades of gray versus black and white. Yeah. I really enjoyed the way that they were poetically telling the story through the colors, through the way the colors are moving and bleeding and the watercolors and stuff like that. It's really just creative and innovative.
0: Yeah, it is. Show, don't tell.
1: Show, don't tell me what's going on. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So
0: after an encounter with uh, the vulture – This vulture being from From the the Renaissance Renaissance period.
1: And it was made of paper or
0: something. (laughs) Parchment. Oh, it was fantastic. Um, So they're at the Guggenheim fighting. And then that's where we get the appearance of uh, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. And Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. What did you think of
1: Jessica Drew? Because I was was very... Uh, happy. I don't have any feelings about motherhood at all. But right. when I saw a pregnant Spider Woman, I was like, "Fuck yeah! I totally needed that." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I needed it, uh, and I loved that character. It's all so morally ambiguous by the end of the movie. Yeah, which is very intriguing to me. But you feel like Miguel O'Hara. It, like, I guess we could talk about the character as a whole. Like, we don't necessarily yeah. have to go chronologically in the movie, but. What did you feel about this character? Because I feel like it was definitely an anti-hero.
0: Yes. Is that how he's written aggressive. in the comics? Um, He you know? is a very aggressive Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, okay. So he is not like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Well,
1: he's serious. He has no sense of humor. Uh, well, not that he has no sense of humor. He gets the humor. It's just that he has no room for humor
0: himself. Right. He has no room for humor himself. Exactly. And and there's there's an aspect of his character that doesn't really get touched on too much in the movie. They briefly like kind of show it when he like bares his teeth.
1: That he's like a vampire.
0: Exactly. It, so there's not a lot that he has we can see. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> 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 like a spider. He, he does. So, yeah. So, basically, that character is much more serious, much more of, like, I'm going to do things, but I'm going to control things, you know?
1: Yeah, he's a control freak.
0: He is. And so, in in this version of the story, we see that he tried to basically replace himself in a world where he had died.
1: Well, this is one of those things where it's like ethically wrong but no you're not hurting
0: anybody right right so basically what what
1: destiny or fate like ran its course the og miguel that was in that world died and then he just stepped in to this guy's dead shoes and was living this wonderful life where he had a child and he was happy and maybe he wasn't necessarily this serious ass spider-man and the world crumbled because it was out of, like, the canon...
0: The canon events. Event. Which I found really cool as a story device. Like, hey... Yes. This is something that happens to all spider man
1: This is a very interesting concept that I don't think any of the Marvel movies have explored, despite having a plethora of stupid ass multiverse movies (laughs) and references to multiverse is that can you outrun or change your destiny and if you do that how does that affect not just your world but all of the world like the multiverse
0: the multiverse
1: what are the ripple effects of that
0: yeah that's that is a such a great question to ask because Will you turn se- out
1: different because you didn't experience this one thing, this one traumatic thing, or these several events in your life that were formative?
0: Yeah, that so the the big key aspects of Spider-Man's life is that he's bit by a spider, number one, he loses his uncle, right? That's mm-hmm. number two, and then eventually the police captain in their world dies. Mm-hmm. And usually that is Gwen Stacy's father. Right. Or in a case, you know, depending on the world, the police captain dies. Yes, he he's some, close with that. Right, in a police heroic captain. sacrifice of some mm-hmm. kind. So in this aspect, Miles learns that info mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm going to go see my dad. And they're like, you, we can't let you leave. He has to die.
1: It's really very high level emotional and ethical quandary.
0: Yeah, because they even they even touched on that question um, is it more important to save one life or millions? Right. You know? And yeah. it's such a tough question to and just And they
1: introduce this concept that Miles says verbatim, I can do both.
0: Yes. Yes. And that's the big struggle in Miles' story in this movie is that people are kind of always telling him that he has to do things a one or the way. other one or the other he has to make choices you know i can do this and this he's he is very strong-willed and believes that he can do everything mm-hmm. he could do both but all the other spider people are kind of letting him know look man this is going to happen it has to happen which is a crazy thing to say to someone right Especially one big thing I will say is that all of the other spider people who are telling him this do have the experience of going through. They've already been through it. Right. And they have
1: not had the chance to change it.
0: And here is the golden opportunity. They know when it's going to happen to Miles's dad.
1: Right. And
0: they're trying to prevent it. They're trying to prevent him from stopping that, you know, fate um it's a fascinating concept it
1: is so fascinating you're it absolutely really right oh, and i can't and wait the, to see what they do in the next movie with it
0: the other concept that they threw in there that i was really excited about too and it comes towards the end as well is that miguel o'hara basically tells miles you are an anomaly oh you weren't God. supposed to happen yes because the spider that bit you wasn't even from your world. It
1: was a yeah, and then the the Peter that was from that world died saving you.
0: Exactly. So then So the now that world is
1: missing a Spider-Man.
0: It's missing a Spider-Man.
1: Earth 42 is missing a Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, you were not supposed to be bitten. So you weren't supposed to exist. You're not Spider-Man. That's what Miguel O'Hara says. So to it's him.
1: also about identity. Yes. And belonging.
0: Oh my goodness, yeah. Feeling left out. Yeah. And you
1: mentioned isolation earlier, which this movie ends with Miles being completely isolated from not just all the other Spideys, but his own family and his own world.
0: Completely. Yeah. And you, you feel for him because he's trying to do everything he can.
1: He's trying to do the right thing, and... To him the right thing is I gotta do both. I wanna save my dad. How can I? how can you ask me to let my dad die? Is what he says. I
0: exactly. And the the train fight sequence in, in Nueva York 2099. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, he even says, Everybody's telling me how my story's supposed to be. And he goes, nah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna decide. And that's when he uses his um his electricity power to kind of kick um, Miguel off of him. Yeah, he um, like
1: busts up his suit for a minute because it's all like techno and power. Yeah, and whatever. It's a
0: techno powered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> don't make fun of me. Um, what was I gonna say? I think that the the huge difference between Miguel and Miles is. A big part of why this movie works is because you have two like hispanic characters who are mixed and look at how differently they've experienced the world and look Mm -hmm. at how differently they are trying to control their lives and the lives of those people around them and are they on the same team like he um gwen even says i thought i thought we were the good guys
0: yes When she gets sent back to her world. When
1: she gets, yeah. And, you know, is Miguel a good guy? Is he? He's technically saving all these lives by keeping the canon sequences intact and getting rid of anomalies. But, you know, he's letting people die that are good. That are close friends and family. That's the big question. These other Spideys.
0: If if you have the information of someone is about to die right. and you do nothing, are you a hero? Right. I think that's another great question. <laughs> you know? Uh, and he yeah, does this, it with so
1: such, like, malicia.
0: Mm. You know? Yeah.
1: What's the... What, malice. malice.
0: Malice. Yeah. Because it, it's not like he's very such empathetic. Malice. No. No, he is very like, this is going to happen and you're going to fall in line. Right. If not, everybody else suffers. Like, he's
1: threatening yeah. and intimidating
0: mm-hmm.
1: and rude and mean. And I mean, what does he, what does Mao bring him? He brings him like an empanada or something.
0: He brings him an empanada. And he
1: catches it and he's just like, que maravilla, and like throws it out. Like that gives you everything, tells you everything you need to know yep. <laughs> about this dude.
0: Yeah. Just cold blooded. Yeah, cold blooded. Um, Let's talk about like kind of the the aspects of the different characters that Miles interacts with. Obviously, we talked about Gwen and Miguel O'Hara. We do. Okay, hold
1: on, hold on, because Gwen and Miguel. Sorry, I'm not going to Miguel. Gwen and Miles is has to be Endgame to me.
0: It is, I think,
1: like because. But but they thrown into question if they can even make it because can they out outlast the, their destiny because they're just not destined to be with with one another that's what she says it's like in every universe Gwen Stacy falls for Spider Man and it never works out
0: right and
1: so will Gwen Stacy die
0: that's a great that's question. what I'm saying
1: like well how what how far are they gonna take this
0: right how far will they take this
1: these stupid canon
0: events
1: (laughs) and how they play out slightly differently but it's still still the same end result
0: yeah that is a fascinating question Uh, i will say for if you're listening right now you know and weren't bothered by spoilers this movie does end on a cliffhanger this was a part one of a part two of two-parter right um the movie was originally titled Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 and then the next one, Part 2, and then they just decided to kind of rename it. And the renaming means nothing. It really is like, oh, this is a Part 1 of a, of a right. two-part story to the point where it says, to be continued. Like Literally. <laughs> it literally says it at the at the end of this. And I cannot wait to see how they resolve the actions that they've all taken... And how the relationship between Gwen and Miles...
1: What's that look like in the next movie with all these moving parts and like he's in the wrong universe and she's just sort of showed up at his house and talked to his mom and stuff and made all these promises like bring him home and tell him five months. And <laughs> it's like Gwen, the chemistry that they have. Do we want to talk about... The, they're freaking two animated characters. Yeah, they are. And I'm like, there's chemistry. Okay.
0: How is that even possible?
1: How is it? it it's amazing
0: that they know. It's addictive how, too. Yeah, you're because, like, oh,
1: I want to see them more, like together. Yes. The upside down sequence when they're on that building in and talking. Oh my
0: god. The visuals in my veins. There are just in ridiculous my
1: veins. The whole thing. The visuals. The conversation. The stakes. The chemistry. The way that they almost hold hands, and then she's like, "It never works out between Gwen Stacy and Spider Man." And you know he hasn't seen her in so long. They've just done all this swinging together to this really fire OST, and I'm like, "That can't go anywhere. That can't go anywhere. (laughs) It busts. It has to stay."
0: (laughs) I have a feeling. Oh, Lord. That we will not get a happy ending between those two. I have a feeling. I I don't know in which way, but I have a feeling that it's not going to be happy.
1: Oh, my God. Speaking of unhappy endings, they have teased with the whole canon event thing that Captain Morales, Jeffy might die. uh, Our friend Danny Romero stepped out of the theater and said, a lot of the emotional conversations were happening with Rio, Mama Rio. He thinks they're going to pull a bait and switch and Mama Rio's going to die.
0: Yo, yo, that would be that would be messed up. It would
1: be the Aunt May death versus the Uncle Ben death that happened in uh, the most recent. What was that one called?
0: Uh, no Way I, Home
1: no way home i'm like it's something with home it's, i don't know no way home tú crees?
0: okay so will they do it i don't think they will but j ju- off you don't the think off chance real
1: might be offed because Yo, she had such be... great moments with miles in this
0: movie <laughs> D- just the thought of that is just dark bro it is it's dark it's real dark Oh my god! I I can't imagine because, like, in can even in canon, like events, it is like comics. It is it is the father who passes away. Like Rio is the one that's left around, you know, to be with Miles. So right, ugh. but maybe
1: in keeping with the theme of like, you can change things.
0: Wait. I just thought of something. Will but,
1: she like, you know, step right. in front of him or something so that she dies instead of him or something, right. you know? You can
0: change things, but results still happen. The resu-
1: the, yes. The
0: canon happens. Right. Maybe not in the intended way of like this person died. Correct. But another yes. close personal person dies.
1: Personal person. <laughs>
0: Oof. That. DeAndre, bro. uh that's that is heavy i don't think they'll do it. it's dark i don't think they'll do it okay i hope they don't do it (laughs) i hope they don't
1: because she's fantastic i think she's like the home base yeah right of this movie
0: yeah she is the emotional center Mm -hmm. she's Mm -hmm. the one that is driving the point home to miles like you're growing up and you know people aren't going to love you the way we do People may not even accept you.
1: That conversation was so powerful, and the when she ends it with saying, "You know, promise me that you'll always take care of that little boy." Like I almost started crying, on second watch. (laughs) Oh man, I was like very caught up in in that conversation, those emotions, what the content of what she was saying and it's not just about motherhood it's also like about belonging and finding your spot and feeling welcome
0: yeah and And
1: just the general fears of like you're growing up and you're changing and you're not you're not the same person that you were 10 years ago five years ago and i want you to take care of yourself like as if you're a precious child my precious precious child
0: yeah it's beautiful. Come on. It is beautiful. How
1: can you not be emotional about that?
0: It's, wow.
1: It's a, the closeness of like our culture. hmm And those fierce mama bears in our, in our homes and stuff. Yes. You know?
0: I know exactly what you mean.
1: And I mean, the movie's littered with things that just felt tailor-made for us. Like when he says that uh, he goes to the... The guidance counselors meeting late which is funny but he's got a b in spanish
0: yeah. and i was like i was that kid <laughs>
1: okay like i was that kid that had be in, b in spanish and i grew up in a spanish household so it, my parents had the same freaking reaction that rio has they're like how right. can you have a b in
0: spanish right exactly <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> yeah, it, it. Oh man, this movie is so great.
1: The rooftop party with all the tios and tias and the extended family, and oh, you're so big, and the cheek squishes, and the food that was at the party. I was like, I've had this food. Like, this is our like hookout, you know?
0: Yes, it is. Ugh. It truly is. Okay. So the
1: cakes. He goes to a panaderia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yo, I picked up those cakes."
0: <laughs> yes, so have I. Yeah. So there's there's way more to talk about. Uh, real quick, let's go ahead and let's go back to another new character that was introduced, which was Spot.
1: So Jason Schwartzman is back playing the Last Evil X. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i'm just kidding no he's not um spot so you think he's a joke then the movie happens by the end of the movie he's not a joke yes quite the arc quite Quite the the arc arc. yeah villain of
0: the week to all of a sudden like a super villain yeah i was super surprised because the spot is like a d-list character like he is truly (laughs) a villain of the week type of character when it comes to the comics but the movie does a very good job of first off creating a backstory for him
1: Speaking of the backstory, when he's talking about him testing out, doing research on the spider and testing the collider and stuff, and they show it in his flashback sequence, which is all line art and black and white. Miles from Earth 42 is in there.
0: He is, isn't he?
1: Yes, he is. On Uh, second watch, I was like, oh, my God, that's Miles from Earth 42 because of the braids.
0: Okay. He's there.
1: He's there. So what the fuck does that mean?
0: Oh my goodness. Was he
1: there at Alchemax doing research on the spider, or did he jump versus And was he in this universe, Miles's universe, with the collider? Like, it's very unclear, like where he is exactly, what universe he's in.
0: Right. Uh, okay. I will But put anyway, a pin in so that. put a pin I- in
1: that. That that's real.
0: So I really enjoy how the character is taken lightly. And just like, <laughs> well, he's stealing a freaking ATM dude?
1: and he's got bread falling out of his stu- like chasm out of, of a stomach. stomach. And yeah. people are laughing at him. And Miles is like not taking him very seriously. But you quickly realize that he has immense power <laughs> to what was it? The power of the multiverse in my hands is what he said.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The power of the sun in the palm of my hands. Stop head. it. <laughs> um, Yeah, so basically he kind of realizes that the spots that he has isn't just earthbound. It's not just for the place he's in. There's so many places Did you like the other worlds that
1: he visited? Because he visited a completely pointless comic book looking world. Yes, he did. And then he visited a Lego Spider-Man world with the Daily Bugle.
0: So you want to hear a funny one about that?
1: Oh, yeah. Go for it.
0: So apparently that was added really late in the movie. And the reason why it was added late is because when the trailer for, I think, Across the Spider-Verse first got released, somebody made a Lego version of the trailer. <laughs> and they put it on YouTube. And it was so well done. So the producers and the directors were like, They were like, you we know want what? that. We, we want that. So they reached out to the guy <gasps> who did it. The guy was a 14 year old kid. Get out. And the 14 year old kid made that sequence for the movie. Shut up. Yep. Shut yep. up. Yeah, man. That is a 14 year old kid.
1: Made that Lego sequence.
0: Make made that Lego sequence for them.
1: I am shook. Yeah. I oh mean, my God.
0: It's such a brief moment, but it's such a cool moment. Seeing them in Lego. And it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's really funny.
1: Wow, I love it.
0: Yeah, um, and we also see him go into the Venom universe as well. What
1: it was that Earth? Uh, I can't um, remember. Yeah, I don't want to say eighty-seven. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember.
0: But he goes to talk to the uh said the
1: Dippoldago com- owner. Yeah, the Asian lady, and she's <laughs> exactly. unfazed. Completely she's unfazed. unfazed. Completely <laughs>
0: yeah. unfazed. Uh, But as you see the movie progress, like he begins to get more threatening and he begins to get, you know, more unstoppable unstoppable and sinister. And he is going to be directly the reason, if he's not stopped, why Jefferson is going to die.
1: Yeah. We don't want Jeffy to die.
0: No, we don't. We don't want Jeffy to die. So he's a good guy. He is. He's about to be promoted (laughs) to captain. I know. (laughs) Uh, So that's going to be interesting to see in the next movie. Um, Other characters. We had uh, Spider-Man from uh, Moombatan. I love this
1: sequence. I loved Indian Spider-Man.
0: He was great. Amazing. I love that his version is like, (laughs) oh, all of this is so easy yeah i was able to get it so quickly nothing's tough about this
1: (laughs) and my i don't have to put any product in my hair and you know i don't have to work out because i'm already i don't want to get too big and
0: (laughs) yeah just a a wildly different take of like instead of the teen who can't have it all and he does have it he has it all (laughs) he has it all yeah um And that entire sequence, the animation styles of all these different Spider-Men and their different worlds is what makes this movie this movie. It makes it so unique. Each person is being represented a different way in the animation style. And I love that so much Mm -hmm. because we get a glimpse of it in Into the Spider-Verse when we see like Penny Parker and Peter Porker and, you know, Spider-Man Noir. Yeah, like we get those <laughs> those type of characters, but in, they're in
1: Miles's world,
0: exactly. But now we get to visit them and
1: mm-hmm. see how
0: their world is, and I found it fascinating. The other fascinating character and great character is Spider-Punk.
1: Bro, let's talk about Daniel Kaluuya because let's do it. Daniel Kaluuya showing up doing the most with this cool ass spider. Oh, I love this so Spider-Man. Cool. He's so cool. I don't believe in anything he stands for because he's basically an anarchist. But, man, do I love this character. I thought he was super cool. And, again, so against the establishment that he's helping Miles and (laughs) going against Miguel O'Hara and creating his own, uh, like, verse-jumping watch or whatever. Yep. (sighs) I thought this character was so well-designed. I loved the voice acting from Daniel Kaluuya. And, again, I I just can't wait to
0: see more of this dude. I love, like, his animation style is almost like cutting out, like, newspaper clippings. And yes, just,
1: like a collage.
0: Yes, Do collage you know? style. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember collages when I was Do in elementary know? school. <laughs> we had to make a collage. Uh, yeah. What,
1: what's, what's the voice of making a collage? to make a collage. Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, and so, like, even his guitar is just, like, a slapped-on, drawn guitar on yeah. a piece of paper. Um. It's such a cool character. And then, like, when he takes off the mask and oh. Miles is like, how are you cooler without the mask? <laughs> like, he's just... I was, a, this,
1: I was this cool the whole time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's such a cool character. Um, let's kind of zoom back. What is your favorite sequence in the movie? Because there's a lot to choose from.
1: Ooh, wow. So, I love Gwen and, and Miles... Their little date, their reunion date.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's a good one.
1: I love going to Spider headquarters.
0: Yeah, in New York.
1: Amazing. Um, And I love the chase with Miles and all the other Spideys. You know, you have the usual meme, the the pointing Spidey meme, like exponentially done in the movie. That's all fun. All kinds of different Spideys I've never even thought of before. Spider cat.
0: Yeah, sp- the dinosaur.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I lost it with the spider T-Rex. Uh,
0: there was the spider cowboy.
1: The spider cowboy. With the horse <laughs> with the mask as well.
0: <laughs> and then when they go to draw, like, they have a face-off. A duel. On a count of three. Count of <laughs> three. One. And then, like, Miles shoots of-
1: You didn't wait to three! <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's, there's so many cool characters. There was even uh, Scarlet Spider, which... He is almost like the emo one who kinda like live narrates everything that he's doing. Oh yeah. Going into a dark alley. Yeah. I feel emotional. And just
1: <laughs> Why are you so good at that voice? Oh my he, gosh.
0: It is very reminiscent of like just like a pure emo, like because his character is very um, you know. The way they drew him I get it just yeah. muscles on top of muscles,
1: yeah, yeah it's a and doing all
0: these like crazy ass poses, yeah, and he would just be like self narrating like what he's thinking and stuff like that, so so they made it live
1: plus they had a cameo by someone who we've seen before because they passed by a whole mess of villains that are about to be sent back to their own uh multiverse or sorry mm-hmm, universe mm-hmm. who do we see
0: We see. Mr. Donald Glover as Aaron Davis, AKA the Prowler. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So if you don't remember in Spider-Man homecoming MCU, Mm -hmm. Donald Glover is in that movie and his name is Aaron Davis and he's trying to collect like these weapons. He's a, you know, he's trying to buy weapons. And so he even casually tosses into the conversation with Spider-Man. I don't, feel like these weapons should be out here i got a i got a nephew in brooklyn that i want to look out for so
1: we know who that nephew is
0: yes we do so that was that was a fun little easter egg because that right there is not even sony spider-man like in full that is this movie does a lot of like meta commentating with yeah. their cameos and with their reveals and because we also see like flashbacks of Toby and Andrew Garfield.
1: That was really nice to see them in the movie as well. When they were talking about the canon.
0: Yeah. Canon stuff. events. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were each in there. one of them. Yeah. They were in there as well. Um So Him,
1: like especially Andrew Garfield losing. uh Captain Stacy. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe this is in here. Yeah, and then Uncle Ben, which do you want to hear my uh <laughs> Uncle Ben impersonation? Go ahead. When he's dying? My sister can't get enough of it. It might be good. Go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God, I'm laughing too much. Hold on. Peter.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. That's Your it. limited faith.
1: <laughs> dying
0: Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: dying Uncle Ben. When he <laughs> turns to Peter Parker and he goes beta
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god oh wow it's very niche but It's a
0: very limited fake
1: if i walk up to my sister and go beta she will know exactly <laughs> what i'm talking about and <laughs> she'll just bust out laughing anyway.
0: <laughs> anyway uh so okay uh so yeah my favorite sequence is probably oof i i really do like that sequence with him and gwen when oh. especially when you see it upside down, the city because they're sitting, you know, <laughs> upside down. Uh, that is beautiful to look at. I like that sequence. Uh, but I love the uh, Gwen and her father.
1: Oh, God. The second time. So yes, the reconciliation.
0: Yes. The reconciliation I thought it was so well done. I loved the colors they use. The the way it kind of feels. It feels kind of uh, stripped back because it's them two and then just a bunch of color, mm. almost. Mm. Barely the walls, like, it's You don't see the there. details of the room that much. No.
1: Almost like it fades away. Like, nothing else matters but this conversation that they're having right now.
0: Exactly. I really enjoyed that. I really did. Um, so, yeah, those were a couple of my favorite sequences. Um, there's so much to talk about, but I think... Because we're, like, just looking at the time, we're running out of time.
1: There is so much, for sure. But Uh I think
0: there's one thing we do have to hit on, and it's the ending. Yes. So, uh, Miles finds a way to get to the machine that could send him back to his world. So, he gets sent back because it traces his DNA, and that's how it's able to figure out which world he belongs to. Right, right. And I it called, sends him
1: to Earth 42, which yeah, I, I didn't it. give a... I'm not a numbers... They're, they're throwing numbers at me. I'm not a numbers person. So when it said it's sending him to Earth 42, I was like, okay, perfect. He's going home. Did not cross my mind that this was the wrong Earth, the wrong universe.
0: Yep. Wrong universe. And it, it kind of dawned on me as soon as he landed and he's on the rooftop and I see like the background... Well it's different I, coloring. Yeah, different coloring. Yeah. Like green is green, very yeah. very, very green emphasized. and sort of
1: purpley. And,
0: and his world
1: is naturally sort of blue.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, and so we get the interaction where he reveals to his mom that he is Spider Man, and she's like, What is that? I I don't know what that Who? is. Exactly. Because in that world there is no Spider Man. There
1: is no Spider Man.
0: Spider-Man doesn't exist. And so Uncle Aaron Davis, he's alive.
1: Alive and his dad is already dead.
0: Yep. His dad is already dead. But that's not the only reveal. The other reveal is that Miles thinks that Aaron Davis, his uncle, is the Prowler. No, no, no. Negative. (laughs) That is incorrect. The Prowler in that world, it is none other than miles morales Whew.
1: yes bum, when bum, they did bum. this when they did this i was like this is brilliant brilliant
0: fantastic
1: oh i just have a stink face on right now but <laughs> uh miles with little braids on uh come out now i was like hey, <laughs> hey uh, miles looks pretty good like that so when he takes off the helmet and reveals himself and, uh, what does it say? I have to get, he, Miles says, I have to get back home.
0: You have to let me go. I gotta you get back to home. You have to let me go. And he says, no, why, why, would, why I would I do I that? Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> that tension for the next movie. <laughs> yes. The next movie. I. There's a theory kind of going around.
1: Oh, because, what's the theory?
0: Uh, I think that most people will say that the Prowler is a villain.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now, that's not a theory.
0: Here's no, but here's the theory: is that because this is a world that doesn't have a Spider-Man, that he is not necessarily a villain; that he's more of like a vigilante, like kind of breaks the rules to help kind of people out. He's a Robin Hood, almost, almost like a Robin Hood. I think that's a theory going no around right now. With
1: it. <laughs> that's the theory though that they think he's just there's, a vigilante yeah
0: because i think there's people thinking there's no way that like he would be a villain villain you know
1: well if he i mean he is in that flashback sequence from spot's origin story
0: so so I what mean,
1: was going on there
0: what was going on
1: was he a student was he an intern was he a, you know at Alchemax for some legitimate reason or was he a villain and wanted some tech in there was he you know I don't know what the story is but they have to figure it out they have to they do put those pieces together because he was there the whole time it makes more sense that he was there and now he sees Miles and he's not that freaked
0: out no he's not he's not because he finally learned he learned about the multiversal travel and it was just more, everything they were doing at Alchemist.
1: Exactly, exactly. So he sees another Miles, and he's just like, so your dad's still alive? As if, like, that's the thing of it. He's trying to figure out, like, what's going on in this Miles' life. Right. Versus, who are you? Where did you come from? Like, how are you here? He's not asking those questions.
0: No. How do you turn up in your life? Yeah. That's, a again, mm-hmm. another question. Ooh. How uh, does the other side live? Uh, and then the final thing we see is Spider Gwen kind of assembling her own team of spider people to find Miles mm-hmm. because Miles is now lost. He doesn't have a bracelet to get him back. And they don't know where he went. So she forms her own team. So it's finding Miles and also kind of stopping Miguel O'Hara at the same time. right um spot's not even on their periphery but spot's gonna be a big thing (laughs) in the next movie because
1: the only other thing is that i'll say what that i'll say that i noticed on second watch was in the background they have like the radio or the tv going when prowler miles is about to reveal himself and on the radio or tv or whatever they mentioned the sinister six
0: Ah, so I don't know if
1: the sinister literally they say and the sinister six like if it was like a jk simmons narration coming from but it wasn't jk simmons I wonder if the sinister six are gonna have some sort of like role in the next movie
0: I feel like if this is a true trilogy where it's like this is a like the miles of story and that's it type of thing I think you kind of have to like bring out the big guns in the final that's what i'm one. thinking
1: is that maybe spot's not even the thing of it
0: maybe it's not maybe he's not
1: he's not it's maybe the sinister six start yeah jumping or something oof, oof. and come into Don't the... me
0: with a good time <laughs> my goodness
1: because why would they also introduce venom right venom's world
0: right that's another thing that they introduced i feel like, venom's like venom's oh world.
1: that's a great villain that you're hinting at but if you i mean it can't just be an easter egg for like people that have seen the venom movies from sony
0: maybe maybe not
1: i i don't know the sinister six thing is really sinister
0: six is kind of like yeah yeah that the sinister six is such a big deal and they didn't
1: use the sinister six in the mcu
0: no, they came close. They like, came close, but having... they didn't. No, exactly. They kind of broke them apart before, like they formed into like a the actual Sinister Six, right? So, yeah, that's that's tempting. That is a temptingly good like way to use them in the final chapter. Yeah. Um, speaking of final chapter, that'll be March twenty twenty
1: four. Yeah. So yeah. just
0: less, less than a year. Less than a year. Mm-hmm. Less than a year. Ten months away. From the from the culmination of what is this the best trilogy of all time? I was about to say, (laughs) quite possibly, comic book easily, (laughs) easily, easily, easily. It starts getting into conversation of like just trilogies,
1: right? Because you can really shoot holes in a lot of these trilogies, like the indie trilogy. Which yeah. now they're telling me there's a fourth one now. I didn't even know. <laughs>
0: one of the best jokes.
1: The joke continues. Uh, let me see it's the Star Wars trilogies, which again have been super diluted over the years, and I mean you could list off so many different trilogies, and the conversation is, is easily in, is in and the this conversation. Can get into that conversation. Yes.
0: Ah, oh, so excited. For those who haven't seen it and somehow listen to all of us, go watch this movie. It <laughs> is such a good movie. It is well-deserved of your time. You're going to laugh. You're going to have fun. You're also yeah. going to, you know, feel. Yeah. Um, and, hey, I know it's a cartoon. I know it's animated. Some people kind of, you know, bump up against that. But a good movie is a good movie.
1: I was telling my parents, I was like... <laughs> I know it's a cartoon, but this is easily some of the the best Spider-Man movies ever. Might Period. be,
0: might be the best.
1: I think. I think it, this is, is like a conversation com- for another day. It is.
0: I we can't have this conversation right now. No. But no. <laughs> I would say that like you can you can start having the conversation. You can. Um. But okay. So that has been our thoughts. That's it. On, <laughs> yeah. on Spider Verse, we can continue going forever on this. Oh my gosh! We yeah. totally could, uh, but we won't. Uh, we will allow you guys to check out the movie yourselves if you haven't. If you have, let us know your thoughts. Check us out on all the socials. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok at Always Critic Pod. Let us know what you thought of the movie. Uh, what was your favorite sequence? Is it the best Spider-Man movie? Let us know your thoughts if that is how you feel. Uh, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Uh, leave us five-star reviews there. That goes a long way for us. And finally, if you've done all that, check out patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod where you can support us for as little as $2 a month. That is cheaper than coffee. That is cheaper than a lot of things nowadays. Mm -hmm. So check us out there and support us there. That helps us and it goes a long way for us. So with that said, that has been our episode. I'm Rico.
1: And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.